So what we are um, seeing in this example here is um, a child with dyslexia. Uh, and I don't know if you could see when she was, like you're looking over here, you could see her letters. Some of them are kind of large, some of them are small, some of them, especially in the lower lines, you can see some of them are backwards. Um, this is a, a very common you know, thing that we are seeing more and more uh, of these days of kids with dyslexia. Uh, and you know, th this girl probably maybe is six or seven years old. Um, and this should have been jumped on way earlier, right? So like we've been talking about all quarter, um, there, there have been signs about this issue for a while. And there are so many things, aside from getting, her getting adjusted, there are so many things that could be done to help a child with dyslexia, help them as early as possible. So she shouldn't be in this position right now having this many problems because she probably is not getting the amount of like, help and after school help and tutoring and getting adjusted that she really needs. Right? So I see this all the time. And it, just, it never ceases to amaze me how many times I hear the excuse, and I even heard it again yesterday, oh, he'll grow out of it. Right? This is not something people grow out of. This is not something that you just get better naturally from. <clears throat> this is something that, that you really need to work on in order to, to, to improve this child. Because if you can't read at this age, right, this is at, which is the age that your, your brain is the most plastic and the most able to learn things really, really quickly, if she's having this much trouble reading, then it's just only going to get worse unless you do massive intervention, right? You can't just do like an hour once a week kind of into, let's go to some, you know, reading therapist once a week for an hour. It is insufficient, right? The mom and the dad or the caregivers need to be working with her every day. Her teachers need to be working with her every day. There are, are great dyslexia-based programs for kids like this that, that are in schools or, or out of school. They need to be paying for this somehow or other every single day because otherwise this kid's going to have, her whole life is going to be affected by this. And it doesn't have to be because you can tell she's like a smart, happy, you know, uh, girl otherwise. <clears throat> and what's going to happen to this young lady, because uh, I see it happening all the time, is um, this, a child like this is going to have issues with reading. And the issues with reading are now going to start ha in spilling over. Right? So it's not just that she's going to have issues with reading, it's now she'll have issues in school because it'll be hard for her to pay attention to class. So if she's hard for her to pay attention to class, she'll be bouncing on the seat and she'll be looking out the window and she won't be paying attention. And then the, the teacher will say, Jane, Jane, look over here, Jane, Jane, and then just go to the parent-teacher conference. And the parent-teacher conference, I think Jane's got, and this is before they even know maybe they have a, a reading problem, I think you know, she's got some kind of ADHD issue because she's not you know, paying attention. Right? She's always looking out the window. And the reason is, is because she's having a, such a hard time with this kind of stuff. So then what they'll do is they'll start giving the kids all kinds of medication, right? So here are, there's different kinds of, of ADHD medication. So here's like the Adderall, the uh, Ritalin kind of stuff. These are all the amphetamine and methylphenidate uh, kind of drugs that, that she might uh, end up taking, which is more what they call like the short-acting stimulants. Then you have the long-acting stimulants. There's a whole lot of long-acting stimulants. Um, Adderall is a big one. Vyvanse is another relatively strong one that's, that's um, used. Concerta is another one. Uh, so there's all, equivalent. this is the new, uh, uh, there's a, a chewable and an oral solution. Why do you think, why do you think they came up with equivalent as a chewable and an oral solution? What do you think the point of was that? Now they'll, they'll claim it was for the kids who have a hard time taking pills. What was it really for? 
is for the younger kids. The younger kids, so they can get them to start this kind of stuff. Because even though it says right there in the DSM-5 the kids got to be six years or older, there I've seen plenty of kids who's, who are four years old who are already on these <coughs> kind of things. Because they really should start up as early as possible, that's what I think. Um, right, let's, let's, get it. let's get them going early as possible. And then there's the non-stimulants. So these are the kids who can't take uh, the stimulant medication. So they can't take the Adderalls and the Vyvanses and the Ritalins. So they'll take Stratera as an example, uh, which is a, probably one of the most common uh, one of these things. And the, this is the, with the latest one is Intuniv, um, which if you actually have seen the commercials, they're quite clever commercials, uh, talking about like a new generation. We, uh, let's raise our new generation. It's very like happy, you know, positive kind of commercial for what they're kind of uh, you know, talking about. But these, this is what's happening with the kids out there. And if you notice, when I'm scrolling through this, there's a lot of medications. Why there's so many different medications for ADHD? Why aren't there just a couple? Well, yeah, money, I'm sure, has something to do with it. But, but what, why are there so many? What would be the need to have this many different medications? The kids are so different. What was that? It could vary so differently, I think. Or... Yeah, I, well, I, that's the thing. The, thing, uh, the major reason why it, it, uh, they have so many different kinds of medications is because the medication will work okay. Because almost all of it, if you, if you ask anybody who's been on Riddle, and almost all of them will be okay for a short period of time. It'll last for six months a year, and then you got to try a different one, and another one, and another brand, and another you know kind, and a stimulant one, and a fast-acting one, and a slow-acting one, and a non-stimulant one, and they keep on bouncing off these medications because it, one medication doesn't just stay active in the system, right? The body figures it out, right? That's the the, the problem with most of these things is the body figures it out, and then it says, oh, uh, you're, you're trying to block my dopamine, so I'll just actually increase the size of receptors. I'll make more dopamine. Right? Which is a brilliant idea of the body. And now you, now you, so now you can't use drug A, you've got to use drug B, and then drug C, and then drug D. And you keep on bouncing around. And this is what we see happening with these kids over and over and over again. And then here's another example. I'll show you this picture in a second. So let's look at this gorgeous little uh, baby. What's going on with this gorgeous little baby? Right. So we have some serious strabismus here, right? Um, but let's say hypothetically, that somehow, even though uh, you may not think this is possible, that someone this is completely missed, right? What do you think, how do you think he's taking in the world at this kid's age who's maybe like three, four months old? How is he taking in the world? Yeah, he's not seeing the world the way you and I are seeing the world. If you're, both your eyes aren't focused in the same place, you're not seeing the world the way you're supposed to see the world. That is going to change his brain, right? So when he gets older, Right? The problem might be he needs to get adjusted in some functional neurology exercises and eye exercises. Yes. The problem might be, in severe cases, sometimes they may need some sort of larger intervention, right? some sort of medical intervention. Okay, that's fine. But what's going to happen is, even with whatever intervention you do, if you do some sort of drug intervention or surgical intervention, etc., what's, what's the result going to be in his little brain? Right? If you're not... If, one eye is seeing everything, and one eye doesn't see everything for X amount of time. You've now not developed one side of your brain the other, way the other side of your brain is. So now, what happens when he's six years old? Right, he's going to have some kind of delays. He'll have dyslexia, learning disorders, ADHD, something like that. And then, so, so, do you see how, like, when, when you look at people, kids who are taking different kinds of medications, right? They're not taking medications because of the current situation. They're taking medications because something happened when they were younger, like this, that wasn't taken care of. It messed with their little brains. And now, when their little brains are messed with, 
you don't, maybe you can't tell it's totally messed with. Like, how do you tell a child is a learning disorder until they're learning, right? You can't tell they have a dyslexia until they start to write. So you can say, oh, he's fine. You know, we did the surgery or we gave him some medication and now his eyes are looking in the same place. Okay, but did you take care of the brain? Because the brain is the key thing that's going on, you know? And then one more picture I got to show you. This little kid. Now, there's two things happening with this little boy. What's the first thing that's happening? The primary thing. Well, asymmetry, yeah, but let, let, let's, let's look at the, the most primary thing. Yeah, it looks like he's got some sort of maybe allergic reaction going on. Hard to say. Um, looks like he's got some allergic reaction going on. Very dark, you know, circles under his eyes. Um, his lips might be a little puffy, right? So there might be some kind of allergic reaction <coughs> happening here. But there's something else going on that I want you to look at. You can see it better in this picture here. What's that? Oh, no, it's not hydrocephalus. That's, I can see that. But Well, his eyes, well, okay, let's talk about the eyes. Looking at the eyes is right. What are we really seeing? I want you to notice this. All right, so forgetting about the allergy parts here, look at the whites of his eyes, right? So on his right eye versus his left eye, what's going on? They're not the same either, but you see how subtle this is? You can't miss this, guys. You cannot miss this. This is what I'm trying to train you guys this quarter. You can't miss this. Because you could look at this kid and say, oh, obviously he's got, like, you, you look at the obvious things, right? So we have an immediate crisis going on. If, if someone sent this picture to me or whatever, I'd say, all right, I don't know what's happening, but I'm a little concerned because the, these, like, bags on his eyes and the black circles and the puffy lips, I'm very concerned about that, right? So, you know, if someone said, what should I do with him? I'd say, go to pediatrician first, find out what's happening, make sure he's breathing okay, make sure he's not having an allergic reaction or something, and then we can go from there. But the second thing I'd say, if he's not getting checked, is like, have you ever noticed his left eye is turned in compared to his right? And you know how many times I see this every single week with our new patient kids? Over and over and over and over, that nobody is picking up on this kind of stuff. And they, this, a kid like this is not as severe as a kid like this, this kid may need some more significant intervention, hard to say because he's so young. This kid, all he needs is some adjustments and some exercises, right? Once he gets past whatever allergy blah, blah, blah thing is happening, that's all he needs to, to do is get past that. And, he, and once he gets past that, then let's get him adjusted. Let's do some exercises at home. Let's get his eyes stronger again. But so many people are missing this, right? They're, they're missing the boat. So many chiropractors are missing this because you're not looking deeper, you're not looking deeper into this, right? And what I'm, I really want you to do when you start looking at kids is I want you to stop just looking at the obvious, right? So, and I know chiropractors do, we're all like, he's got a head tilt and high shoulder. Yes, 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 absolutely. But so, so certainly there's a postural deviation, there's defense physiology, all that kind of stuff, 100%. But the thing we really need to look at is, is think the subtle signs, right? The subtle signs of these things, because it's the subtle signs that are gonna be much bigger signs later on. The subtle signs like this, if I see a kid like this, I know he's having, because he's probably not necessarily, maybe he's reading, maybe not, hard to say what age he is, but I know he's gonna have problems reading. I know he's gonna have problems learning. I know he's gonna have issues in school. There's no doubt about it. If he's not in school yet, he's gonna have issues because that's what comes. One thing begets another thing. And then it begets another thing, and then another thing, and another thing. It's like this domino effect. Boom, 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 boom. Did you have a question? Um, how often do you see issues with the eyes related to the brain? 
Okay, great question. So the question is, how often do I see uh, eye issues related to a brain tumor? The answer is extremely rarely. Uh, I have seen a couple of kids with neuroblastoma, which isn't a brain tumor, it's an adrenal tumor, but uh, who've had eye issues like this and have had some of these like black eye, bilateral black eye things, so I have seen that. He is a little old uh, for neuroblastoma because neuroblastoma usually uh, comes up in a much younger child. So I don't think that that's what, what is in this particular case. I just I was looking for eyes, um, but uh, but that's a, a big one. You know that is a very serious childhood you know tumor that will cause um, eye issues as well. Um, as far as like astrocytoma, whatever I haven't seen or glioblastoma, I haven't seen anything like that thankfully in my practice. But good question. Good question. So ultimately, the reason I'm showing you this kind of stuff is because um, every week is because I want you to really think about what you're looking at, right? You, we need to improve our visual diagnostic abilities. We need to improve our audio auditory diagnostic abilities because you got to read between the lines, right? When the mom looks at, you know, goes in and says, oh, I'm not sure what's going on with him. You know, he's just not feeling, he just has a fever and whatever. You have to read between the lines and, and first ask, well, what are these black eyes? What are these puffy lips? And have you ever noticed the eye over here before, how the eye is kind of not focused the same place? And these are the conversations we need to have with our parents, way beyond their symptomatology, whatever it is that, they're, that they happen to be uh, coming in with.